0: Football on Off The Ball
1: Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app Cash out and in-play betting Available in the App Store and Google Play Store
0: So as things stand, Liverpool will go three points clear of Manchester City After the same number of games played This is their game in hand They're currently dropping two points one all against West Ham We'll go over to Ian Beach Who's covering the game for us in a few moments' time Kevin Kilbane's here, hello All good, Joe Or Kevin Kilbane as Jim Beglin called you.
1: Of all men. Of all men.
0: So this is quite something. This was uh, Jim Beglin doing a match report of your Preston days. Yeah. And a young man with fantastic hair, tall, left-footer. Kevin Kilbane comes on the pitch. Kevin
1: Kilbane oh, yeah. with the header. That's my first league goal it was, isn't it? is yeah. not Is that right? Yeah, first league goal at, at Springfield Park. Do you know where that is, Joe? No. At Wigan Athletic. Spring Park. Springfield Park. Springfield Park. Yeah. When did that change? New ground, the new ground. That was it would have been 95, 96. So yeah, they, they got the new ground late 90s, I think, um, under, uh, under uh, Dave Whelan when he took over, yeah. Oh, yeah okay. Early 2000s, maybe it might have been actually, yeah. So that was it.
0: The standard of this game looks shocking.
1: <laughs> what do you think?
0: Not West Ham, Liverpool.
1: The game that we put, did, you, we we were the top scorers in the country. We we had a, we had a hell of a team then. Some
0: of the shooting before Young Kilbane came on was exactly well. Poor.
1: Yes, see, you know they just needed someone to come on that could that knew how to uh, to find the net. You know that's what it was.
0: What I'm talking about here, listeners, if I'm making no sense, is that uh, on Kev's Twitter feed today, he uh, managed to dig out a report of Kevin Kilbane's uh, first goal for Preston, first league goal. Personal and call, yeah. um, Jim Beglin, obviously back in the day, was making his way in media, and he was doing the match summary.
1: Yeah, that'd have been local. That'd have been Granada TV. That uh, Granada opening, TV. that'd have been the local, the local TV station over there. Yes, yeah, so they would do a, a roundup of all the, the local teams. So. You're get homesick for a bit of Granada TV. <laughs> With Elton Wellsby, I remember Elton Wellsby when I was a kid. We used to have. Uh, he used to do, obviously, the, the, all the, the local stuff, yeah? Yeah. Ah, you do. You do a bit, yeah. The, 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 the Wednesday night, uh, Granada soccer night, whatever it was called, they, they were the ones. They is were the that days, right? Yeah.
0: So, uh, well, here's Beglin anyway, and there's a young whippersnapper he's not too familiar with. Have a listen. This is from the archives.
1: Just when it was looking like nil-nil, enter
2: Preston substitute, Kevin Kilbane. Then as the Lily Whites mounted almost their very next attack in the right-hand side, the youngster was getting into position on the far post, and from Lee Cartwright's
1: dream centre, Kilbane headed the winner with his first touch of the match in the 83rd minute. Get in! That what was a header! That was, about, that was actually, I was 19, I think, I, was, I think it was two days or even the day after my 19th birthday. So there you go, that's when, that's, when dream, that's when the dream started.
0: Well, you could tell from your body language you were ecstatic and couldn't believe it. <laughs> you were looking around to see your teammates. Have you seen what's just happened? <laughs> Scored for Preston. <laughs> I have a bit of sympathy for Beglin. I can see Kilbane.
1: You know, yeah. he wasn't wrong, actually. Yeah, there, there was one that went round the other week. I think it was actually my first league start. Um, it was at Darlington. First league start at Darlington, the glamour of it, Joey. And it was a similar sort of thing. The, the commentator, Nigel Adley, Calling me Kevin Kilbane again. Yeah. The, the Rumour has it, I, th- I, th- I was saying it last week to, to Johnny, I think it was. Rumour has it that my auntie or, or my granny, I think they actually they said it was my granny, rang the local station, said his name is not Kilbane. When well, you get the name right, but it was somebody, it was somebody, I, I don't know actually who it was officially, but somebody rang the local radio station to tell them to get my name right. Good. I pra- it correctly, yeah. Good. Yeah.
0: I remember it was Jermaine Jenis for a long time. Yeah. And then there was a Manchester United game where he came on and said, Martin Tyler. It's Jermaine Genius, everybody. Yeah. It happens to players. Kilbane. Oh, Jim Beglin. Did you ever did that your first time seeing Jim get your name wrong?
1: Yeah, it did is they? actually. It is. And do you know what it, what? Would, it is as well? Phone calls, some with strong that. words. I, tell, I told Jim, I, I tweeted <laughs> I tweeted Jim today. Oh, did he write he, back? He came back. He what came he back, yeah. Um, well, that's what I was told. That's what I was told. The official line. take responsibility line, for yourself. Line, yeah. As an Irishman, as a countryman, you know, a man from Waterford, you should know that. But uh, that was, how, yeah, it was. We, we did the one last last year um, when I first came in to, to Off The Ball uh, with, with Johnny Kilbane, as it was, the boxer from, who was a world champion during the, um, when was it? I think it was actually pre-Second World War, it would be. Actually, First World War. And Mike Tyson listed him as one of his top, in his top five boxers of all time. So there was a documentary that was made on him and there's a statue in Ackle on him. His family's from Ackle. His dad was from Ackle, actually. And he, is he pronounced Kilbane? In America. He was in America, they pronounced it Kilbane, but, you know, he's a Kilbane.
0: Of course he is. Yeah. Uh, let's check in over at the London Stadium, then. one all. West Ham, one Liverpool, one 50 minutes on the clock. So, Ian Beach watching this one uh, along with us. Ian, just uh, for those people joining us, the uh, opening two goals and a
3: general sense of the game you might give to us? Yeah, well, West Ham were a better team in the first half. Um in general but it was Liverpool who scored first the goal shouldn't have been given it was scored by Sadio Mane Milner was offside in the build-up pretty nice finish from uh, Mane receiving it on the edge of the six-yard box letting it roll across his body and scoring on the turn Uh, West Ham's equaliser came from a free kick but it wasn't a high set piece into the box it was a short free kick around the one-man wall Antonio peeling away getting onto the latching onto the ball and uh, shooting past Alisson into the back of the net. Uh, West Ham probably should have scored a second before half-time. Declan Rice in a lot of space from a free kick, but he headed over the bar when he had time to bring the ball down on his chest. And uh, we've had no changes in this second half. Uh, The two teams staying as they were at the start of the match. But we have had one half chance for Liverpool. Salah picking it up, making some room in the D, and uh, from there hitting a pretty decent shot. But Fabianski didn't have to move too far to get down to his right to make the save.
0: Now let's uh, cut to the chase. We want Declan Rice... You want Declan Rice. Uh, We just need to see who Declan Rice wants. Aside from his missed chance, how's he played?
3: Uh, Well, first of all, I'm pronouncing it right, am I? I just thought I'd I'd check (laughs) after that long chat. (laughs) Perfectly. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, look, Declan, the main thing that he's been getting involved in here today for West Ham is that they've been smothering Liverpool players when they make mistakes in midfield. So, What he's been doing really well is when one of his teammates or he manages to make one of the Liverpool midfielders stumble on the ball, somebody else comes in and Mm. helps out and nicks the ball away. Declan a couple of times has been the player who's nicked the ball away. A couple of times he's been the man who's uh, stumbled and stopped Mm. the Liverpool midfield man, maybe Cato or or Fabinho, either of those two who haven't really stood out so far. Well, That's Um, a big big improvement from
0: the opening day of the season because I know you were at Anfield for that 4-0
3: whooping. He was taken off at half time. Well... I think West Ham got a lot of things wrong that day. They had uh, Wilshere and Noble playing uh, in the centre of their midfield and neither could really do what they needed to do. They played a very high line. Interestingly, they're they're trying the same thing again today. Pellegrini obviously thinks it's something that should work against uh, Liverpool and in many ways it is, um, especially if you think that the first goal should have been chalked off for offside. Um... But I think generally what's working better is the fact that in the midfield today you've got Declan Rice, you've got Snodgrass, players who can use the ball a bit better and probably protect it that little bit better so that West Ham can hold on to it when they do get in position. And it's noticeable the counter-attacks today have looked dangerous for West Ham. They didn't really cause any counter-attacks at Anfield on the opening day.
1: Just a couple of things on Declan Rice again. The one thing when I've, when I've seen in Ian is it's how simple he makes the game. He, he never seems to be breaking sweat or, or, or seems to be out of position. He, it, out, out, off, uh, at, when West Ham don't have the ball, he seems to stand in the correct positions to win it back. But when he does get it, it's always a, that simple pass with him, isn't it? He's
3: very well balanced, isn't he? Yeah. You never really feel like he's off balance when he receives the ball. Um, some players just feel like you know they're not going to be able to affect the game. Sometimes they're about to fall over. But Declan's he's just got that really a good base, a good stable position he can receive the ball on either foot he's you know facing the touch lines when the ball comes to him he's able to turn and make decisions he just he sets himself so well gives himself such a good grounding before he receives the ball or does anything and you know that gives him half a yard maybe even a full yard on a lot of players and to me that's what makes him stand out
0: mm, okay back to you very shortly thanks very much 55 minutes on the clock is this
3: is a dangerous
1: situation if you, anyone saw his free kick for West Ham last week against AFC Wimbledon in the FA Cup he's a danger from this type of range so let's see he's 25 yards out he's not actually taking it straight <laughs> it, into the wall it was Creswell that took it
0: <laughs> Liverpool with 69% possession four shots on target to West Ham's two is uh, where we are. So, Pat is going to join us as usual on a Monday evening. We'll reflect on some of the bigger stories of the weekend Man City's win over Arsenal. And um, I'm sure he was pleased to see what Iguain was doing for uh, Chelsea. But Marco Silva, Kev, you're obviously very familiar with Absolutely. Everton. So, Everton have won three of their past 12 league fixtures. They've lost seven. Also knocked out of the FA Cup by Millwall. Yeah. A few um, Everton fans were actually texting in a few weeks ago and saying that defensively from set-pieces, Everton were in big trouble. Now everybody's talking about yeah. it. It's become a massive issue for them. So talk to us about the set-piece, zonal defence mm. issue. But then just more broadly, say they managed to fix that, where are Everton? How bad are they at the moment?
1: Yeah, do you, know, I, you and I, when we spoke over the last couple of years about Marco Silva, while, while he was manager of Hull or whether he was manager of Watford, we spoke about this before, this set-piece issue that he has. He wants to do the zonal marking system. He conceded 17 of 44 goals at Watford from set-pieces, 14 of 36 at, uh, at Hull. And it's, it's something that you can see within his side what he does. Now, if anyone can imagine, what, what, when, you, when you imagine the 18-yard box, yeah. the 6-yard uh, the box, the width of the goals. Mm. So what he'll do, he'll have his best, in his mind, the best three headers of the ball along the 6-yard line the width of the goal, so he'll have okay. one on the near post, one in the centre of the goal, one on the far post. Mm-hmm. Um, then what essentially what he does, he'll have two just in front of that. So it's a it's a block of five. Um, usually the ne- your next two best headers of the ball, and then you've got two blockers. Now essentially what it looks like, it looks like what they what they would have. They might have uh, an Andre Gomez, or they might have an Adrissa Gay. Blocking, it looks like the marking, essentially, the their job is not to mark. So it looks like sometimes you look at good, what's a dresser gay doing marking him? That's not his job. His job is to okay. block uh, who would it have been at the weekend? It I'm just doesn't
0: matter. So if I'm watching a dresser gay in the future and I feel like he's let his man go. He's tried to block him, but he's, just blocking. he's not he, meant he, to go with he's him. Not
1: ju- his job is simply it, it, get a block on him, simply not to go and challenge the ball or, or mark him. He's not marking him, and it's did, the block.
0: When you're saying, so I, I get what you're saying about the three best headers of the ball and stand across the six-yard box, and then the next two best headers are in front of them. Are the two blockers in front of them like it's almost like a 3-2-2 two, two formation? Yeah,
1: it's, okay. it's you might, or it, it could be done differently. You could go two blocks of three, yeah. where you have two other blockers as well, so you'll have six players, eight players involved in it. It doesn't sound
0: any more ludicrous than any other zonal marking setup. So why is it not working?
1: Um, no, it's, it's it's pretty much the standard zonal marking setup. Yeah. But the problem being is for Everton, it seems to me that they're not actually working on it. Um, Keith Andrews, when we were on with with Keith a few weeks ago, do uh, on his show before he um, before he shafted uh, us. Yeah, well, I didn't want to say that, Joe. I'll leave that for you. Abandoned. Abandoned us. That's what I would say. Yeah. Um, the, there's two ways, to, well three ways to do it actually, I, I, the, the places you're most vulnerable are near post and far post from, from a zonal marking, also the big one, even Keith, Keith came straight out the other week, as soon as you take a short corner, as soon as you shift the ball, where is my man, where is my responsibility, what Everton seemed to do when the ball shifted, they just seem to run out, try and squeeze the line, Try and it's almost if you're just trying to squeeze, so mm-hmm. anyone goes in behind you, you're almost hoping that he's offside. No one's taking responsibility to actually pick up a man and mark Would you,
0: Would you like when a corner goes short that they start taking responsibility? Without a
1: doubt. You have to take that responsibility. But, and, and but that's a bit hard if um, there's no one near you. No, but you've at least got to have an eye on, Yeah. look, two, two of the best headers of the ball are in your vicinity. Two of the best defenders of the ball are essentially going to be between the width of the goal. That's where the goal's going to be scored. Hmm. That's where the ball's going to be played into after it gets shifted and gets moved. So they have to take that responsibility to go up against your man. That's the way that I would see it. I think it's the best way. What these, what Everton seem to be doing, it's just squeezing unison together, which okay. it, it could work, but they concede far too many goals from that, from the ball being shifted or generally balls being played in. You looked at Millwall last week in the FA Cup. they weren't actually great balls being played into the area, but Everton's looked a shambles. They couldn't deal with the first ball, let alone the second ball, or... The, the little knockdown that was uh, that, that had come about in the melee. Do you
0: like zonal generally?
1: No, I don't. I don't like I, I Did you I, ever play it? I did. I've, I've I've marked zonally and I've marked, predominantly, it would be a semi-zonal system where it would be, you might have two players. I probably, at times, in majority of my career, quite tall, decent in the air, but they would've said to me, you be a zonal marker. I, I, you mark on stand on the six yard box at the near post. Yeah. Anything that goes over your head, a yard or two, you deal with it. Anything that, in front of you, go and deal with it. That strikes
0: me as a good system. Mark their better players, especially. And yeah. then maybe one or two decent players, tall players, a bit like yourself, in one or two key locations where the ball is most yeah. likely to go. I, it's I, a balance.
1: I, I think it's a better balance. Yeah. I do. Some, some, If if you looked at Rafa Benitez, how he used to do it at to Liverpool, it was brilliant. But I think they had... Why was that brilliant? But I think they had a really well-organised uh, team, uh, well-organised minds themselves that were able to organise themselves. Sammy Hippie, Jamie Carragher... You, you, playing against Jamie Carragher, he just never showed up on a pitch. So, it, it, see him—you see him on Sky. He's exactly how he was on the pitch. Very, very vocal. Very, very uh, demanding of teammates. Those two seemed to, to dominate the six-yard box. Those two seemed to dominate the area that the ball was going into. Mm. So they had a, a, a great setup that seemed to me what Benitez had done. It was really well worked on. Okay. I honestly don't see Everton as a side that have worked on this system and continuously gone at it for an hour a week or whatever it would be See, even it would, 45 minutes so a look week. it would
0: strike me that if you're going to play zonal then you really have to work on it whereas there is a certain simplicity
1: yes to a there's, team. There's, there's definitely accountability do you, do you know what mark your yeah.
0: men I'm, you I'm, you and you you mark him him and him the rest of you pick up someone vaguely your size and bloody attack the ball
1: yeah
0: there's no drills needed for that
1: well if me and you are going up against each other. I'm marking you. You score. The accountability is on my shoulders. Yeah. The, referee, the, the, sorry, the manager comes in at half-time or full-time. Kev, your man, got away from you. What you you doing? Yeah. So there is that. There's also the fact is that I could get a block. This is why the zonal system has started to come into play, what we've seen tonight with the free kick from Liverpool.
0: As in, okay, you're marking me and someone blocks you. I'm marking you, yeah. someone
1: blocks me, you get a free header. Yeah. Um, But I'd still prefer it and have that semi-system. We have a two or, two or three mm. that would have that in, be, have the licence to zone and mark. Mm. Perhaps two, certainly go up against the two or three best headers of the ball from the opposition. Stop them, again, yeah. with your best markers. Yeah. It might not necessarily be your tallest guys, but certainly your best markers yeah. who are decent in the air that can stop the opposition. From a
0: defensive point of view what you want to do is just cancel out your best with their best. It's yeah. ideal. So let's say, by some miracle, they sort that out.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm still not seeing anything from them to suggest that they've got a, a formula, they've got a plan. I don't see it. If you saw the goal at the weekend, uh, Andre Gomez scored a, a fantastic goal, they get themselves back into it. But they were dominated. Wolves were, were, were superior, they were better all over the pitch. And that's been the case for a number of games, particularly at Goodison. The record at Goodison is... Has been awful. They've only won three of the last twelve fixtures in general. They've lost seven of those. Mm. At home, though, it's it's the home form that's killing them, Joe. They've spent a lot of money, <laughs> unbelievable amount of money. They brought, as I mentioned, Gomes before, brought him in on loan. He's a forty-fifty million pound player. They want to get this deal done. Spent a lot of money in, um, over the last two or three seasons on Pickford, who I don't I don't rate him as highly as perhaps one or two others rating. Right. Uh, Michael Keane struggled. Mina came in, at the, in the summer for £30 million, struggled. Kurt Zuma and Keane look the best partnership, but I'd, can you have your real trust in them? No. Um, Seamus Coleman is not necessarily reaching the highs that we've seen him in recent seasons. I think he's admitted it himself. Mm-hmm. Left-back's been a problem for them at times. Dini's probably been one of the better players. He's, he was out suspended the weekend late, and Bairns came in, struggled. And all over the pitch, they're struggling. Number and, nine, they're struggling. Not how, how much
0: of that do you think is some not great recruitment, or how much of that do you think is down to Silva?
1: Well, it's got to be a bit of both, hasn't it? I think it has
0: to be a bit of both. And do you th- think Mashiri um, is looking at this situation and
1: leaning more towards,
0: let's try a new manager? Mm.
1: Um, well, that's that's the way that uh, there's a lot of the, the the talk that you look, certainly if you're looking at it on, on on the social side of it, the Evertonians are not happy with Silva, the way that he's going about it. Tactically, they're, they're not happy with how he's lining the side up, how he's getting... Uh, sorry the, the lack of creativity now and, and and what he's getting out of those players so it, it seems to me that the I'm not saying not so saying that they're necessarily happy with Mashiri, but he's certainly put his money where his mouth mm. is the amount of money he's, he's put into the squad wages joe wages at that club now has gone up i mean i don't know how many for but I, i'd say they they've easily doubled or trebled in the last few seasons right. unbelievably the pay now in excess well in excess of 100 grand a week for players that was everton were always on a a serious budget, yes. Yeah, Sigurdsson, well, well in excess of 100 grand a week. Uh, Snidling, in excess, he doesn't even get a look in now. To- Tossen would be another one. Players that's earning serious money there now at, at Everton, and they're not producing. Okay. Uh, let's
0: go back to ian beach for uh, just a quick moment and check in on how things are going so one all in 65 minutes on the clock any chances the last few minutes
3: yeah we've had a couple of chances for uh, mo salah one that was uh, saved by fabianski and another one that was off target but i think the really interesting thing that's happened in the last five minutes since i last spoke to you the game's becoming stretched in the way you'd normally see maybe in the last 10 minutes and i think that's a sign of liverpool perhaps wrongly pushing forward. Andrew Robertson, the left back, is getting a long way up the field. Now, there's every chance West Ham might catch them out. It's working out for Liverpool at the moment. They're looking more threatening, but I, I just get the feeling Liverpool started to feel a bit nervous and because they're feeling nervous, they're feeling like they've got to go chasing this game and they might leave the back door open if they're not careful.
0: OK, back to in very shortly. One all, 65 minutes on the clock. We've got Pat Nevin next.
3: Football on Off The Ball.
1: Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in-play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store.
0: Pat Nevin later in advertised. Hi, Pat.
2: How you doing, champs? Hi, Joe.
0: We have Caban with us as well. well. Patrick.
2: I can see you there, Kevin, as well. I can uh, see we're you. all
0: in. We're all in. <laughs> have you been watching the game?
2: Yes, I'm very technical here. I'm, I'm, I'm watching the game there. I'm yeah. watching you there. I've got other results in front of me. Oh, I watched so, them. Uh, it's it's rather good actually. I've, it's been an enjoyable game. You know, we're all waiting to see which West Ham turned up, and it's a good West Ham that's turned up tonight, isn't it?
1: Yeah, um, it is. What, 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 what's what's been the key areas for you tonight, Pat? Where do you think it's gone right or even wrong for Liverpool?
2: Well, I've not. I've, I've got obviously wrong that high line from free kicks. What are they doing? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Um, obviously, they they, they lost the goal in that area, and then Declan Rice scored just before half time uh, with the header. And again, that 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 line for that free kick. If you're a defender, you're not scared stiff. If you're like you know, 10 yards outside the 18-yard line from a, a fairly close-in wide free kick. I, I, it's either brave or foolhardy, and it looked awfully Hardy when the A gave away the chance, but B gave away the goal as well. So that kind of jumped out. That It seemed a bit odd. In the second half, there's not been many opportunities for West Ham to put free kicks in from those sort of areas. So it's not obvious that Jurgen Klopp's going to stick by that, but I have to say that looked like a serious weakness. And certainly West Ham, had done their work, um, you know. They knew that Liverpool were going to do that. and had a couple of tricks up their sleeve, and you know, had it not been for Declan Rice, you, you're talking inches. They could have been two one up just now, West Ham.
0: And it's those more technical areas that are the issue, as opposed to any kind of discernible tension creeping into Liverpool's play. Is it part?
2: Well, again, part of it is it's you know where you go. I mean, we've, we've watched Man City, we've watched Chelsea, we've watched Spurs go in certain games. And if you come up against a team that are up for it in this division and you are not got all your players playing at 100%, you're in trouble. Mm. You're ups, and that's exactly what's happening today. The, you know, that, the correct West Ham came up. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure you've got it to watch there as well. Mm. But, um, I mean, Declan Rice, we were talk, mentioning there. I mean, really? Is he only 20? I, I mean, he's going to be spectacular, isn't he?
0: Is he? Spectacular.
2: <laughs> uh, I well, I think he's going to be a phenomenal player. Really, a really phenomenal, a player. phenomenal
0: midfielder or defender or maybe a bit of whatever he fancies yeah, on the day. Whatever
2: you want. I mean, right. do you think he'll be playing for West Ham United in two years?
1: Do you think he'll be playing for Ireland in two years, Pat? That's oh, that's don't... what we <laughs> want to know, actually. <laughs> so. don't
2: be, you just have to look at it and be honest about it. The guy can play. Uh, yeah. Um, no. Do
1: you know what, Pat? As well, I think I've seen I we've all seen enough of him now, I suppose, as well. But the 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 most noticeable thing about his game is his coolness under pressure. I don't think he's got a massively huge uh, or great passing range. I don't think he's the sort of player that's going to be hitting 60, 70 yard passes. But his ability to take the ball under pressure is unbelievable. So, that, that's not a 20 year old boy that does that. No way. It's incredible. Yeah. So um, well, the,
2: the, other, the other thing yeah? is the maturity of reading the play. Um, right. And he's been doing it a lot tonight and it's, he, he kind of just turns up in the right places. And any time a fullback disappears out uh, and the, not the wrong area, but goes attacking forward, and the fullback doesn't get back, it's him. He's there mm. every single time. He's He understands where danger is. He sniffs it. Um, and it's just watching him very rarely caught out of position in those sort of situations. Um, I'm, I'm really impressed. But generally, more and more impressed as it's going on, but um, as his career has gone on. But at the moment you're looking at that player and think, you know, you've watched so many players at the top clubs being like that, you know, but getting there when they're 25, 26, and he's there now. Mm,
0: okay, it's going to break our little hearts when the inevitable happens. I'm, I'm,
2: I no comment about, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I'm, 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 like everyone else, I hope he plays for, for Ireland, but you can you know, absolutely mm. stick on that England are chasing them all over the place. I
0: would think so. So the plot thickening by the day in this title race at the moment, uh, Man City play uh, Everton tomorrow, and then we have Man City Chelsea on uh, Sunday, which should be interesting. So I, I must confess with the 4-0 Bournemouth result, I was thinking, here we go. This is... This is happening once again, uh, and even quicker than expected. And then uh, they uh, turn things around at the weekend. Higuain and Eden Hazard combined 21 times against Huddersfield, uh, which is more than Hazard's combined with any other striker at the club this year in a single game. So uh, he has hit the ground running.
2: Yeah, when you go to what when you go to a new club, first thing you do is see who can who you can play with. Who's has Like got a. Understanding with you, and it's kind of handy if there's one or two that have got a real understanding. And You can tell Higuain spotted that, uh, you know, Hazard's not bad, he's, he's quite a good player. And because of it, they have got, immediately have quality players, and you know exactly what Higuain's going to do, which is the right thing. Um, his first game was against Sheffield Wednesday, and I watched that, and he almost scored in one of very few chances. You know, a little ding ball between the left full back and left centre back. He just zips in there and he gets a shot away. Um, I'll get back to you. I take it that one didn't go in there. No. <laughs> yeah, Mark Noble, good chance. Mark Noble, good
0: we'll... must
2: be a couple of seconds behind you. You are.
0: Well, have a listen to Ian Beach. You watch this chance. Ian. Should have been a goal.
3: No doubt about it. Mark Noble shooting over the bar. Great attacking down the left hand side from uh, West Ham. Uh, they got into the penalty area. Joel Matip pulled out of position in the Liverpool defence. It was pulled back into the box. Felipe Anderson had the ball up, bouncing around at waist height. looked like he was going to shoot. And then Noble stepped in just inside the penalty area and uh, Anderson let him go for it. And I think Anderson actually might have been a better chance coming in from the left-hand side on his right foot. It was Noble left-footed and he's hooked it over the bar. That was a really, really good chance for West Ham.
1: Uh, he got in his way. He actually got in his way. Felipe Anderson, if he's take the strike on, they both arriving at the same time. So it's almost like going to clash into each other. Someone had to make a decision. And he, it was in between his feet for Mark Noble. It was difficult for him to get the shot on target. But yeah, Felipe Anderson, as he was travelling, I think it might be best for him to just to swivel on it on his right foot and get the strike away. So, Pat, we were saying uh, Higuain spotted Hazard fairly quickly.
2: Yeah, I mean, right away, understanding that it's almost you don't actually have to play the passes in. There are certain players where you just catch their eye all the time. And you could tell on Saturday, being at the game, <clears throat> they were looking for each other all the time. They were understanding each other's movement all the time believe in each other's touch as well uh, all the time. And it's going to be a really good partnership. Um, oddly enough, all the other sides of Higuain's game was, was superb as well. You know, his late movements to get into areas, you know, defenders must absolutely hate playing against him. And eventually, the Huddersfield defence just fell further and further back, you know, so there was no little spaces for Higuain to run into. So what does Higuain do? He just goes on about 18 yards out and smashes one in the top corner, so... Mm-hmm. It's a kind of hard guy to kind of deal with there in that situation if he's managing to do all those different things. So he could make a difference, but a lot of it comes down to whether Chelsea are going to go and play in a more up-tempo, offensive way. Um, it's just been too slow through the middle of late. Everybody knows. Everyone can tell. One of my gripes, um, for some obscure reason, um, of all people, uh, the BBC had me on the TV in the, in the afternoon uh, asking me what the problems were with, with uh, Chelsea. One of the things that's been annoying me for quite some time is they never get to the byline. You know, you watch Liverpool, you know, and they've, you know, you've know, you got Mane getting to the byline, you've got Robertson constantly getting to the byline, you watch City and they do it all day long, time and time again. Chelsea don't do it. Other white players are just keep on going inside. Mm. Well, fortunately for Chelsea, they did get to the byline a couple of times um, at the weekend there. And see, when you do that, he can well score goals. He absolutely will score goals. He's absolutely fantastic in those sort of situations. He's as good, good a movement as, as anyone. Question remains: Will Chelsea do that often enough against the top teams? And I, 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 I don't think we learned anything Huddersfield game because Huddersfield I would suggest were the most open Premier League team I've ever seen. Right now, I don't like these teams that part of the bus we eleven ten behind the ball and it's really dull and really boring but they were so open. Honestly, it was an elongated five-a-side game. You don't do that against good players. Mm. (laughs) You don't give them that sort of space. It was 1-0, and I said in the commentary, if you play like this in your Huddersfield against Man City, they will take 10 off you, and I am not exaggerating. And obviously, by saying that, I got a bit of grief on social media. Anyways, Chelsea not playing particularly well, scored five, and it made perfect sense. You can't do that. So, don't know how much I've learned. Um, I would say one little thing was learned. One thing was learned for Chelsea, they're so reliant on Jorginho. And if you, you've you asked one of the main debates if you stop Jorginho, mm. right? You stop Chelsea. So they're looking for somebody else who can play that position. They've tried Ampadu, They've, they could try David Luiz there. Actually, they put Kovacic in there for 25 minutes the other night, the other day. He looks brilliant there. He right. actually could be the answer there if Jorginho's is not doing it. So Maybe for five goals, three points, top four, all that sort of stuff, that might all be secondary. They might have found the the next guy who can actually play instead of a Jorginho if he gets injured or if his form dips any further.
0: Mm.
1: Pat, just back to the um, the, the Higuain, uh, bit there. We spoke about Morata uh, last year. I, I think it was after the Stoke yeah. game where we we spoke about him and his movement and. Tony Cascarino in his in his piece in the London Times today, he spoke about Alvaro, Alvaro Morata getting caught offside too much. Higuain doesn't yeah. do that. Morata taking too many touches. Higuain doesn't do that either. But we spoke about Morata when he played against sides, played a high line, and his movement was, was yeah. so much better playing off the shoulders. But invariably Chelsea play against that type of system where sides just sit so deep, hang on the 18-yard box, how's your movement going to get you in in that sort of range? Is that the difference then? where Higuain comes into it more so than Morata then? I don't know, because
2: you, you can't judge it by Huddersfield, because Huddersfield left too many gaps early on, and he was running in there, um, and then they didn't they allow him to drop off and score from 18 yards. They've not learned nothing. Higuain could be absolutely brilliant. His movement could be absolutely phenomenal. Morata's movement was good as well, as you say. But if you don't get the balls in there, you don't move it quickly enough. <laughs> One of those phrases... I've said in the past, like, you know, I don't know if I said it last week when we were chatting, over 19 years in professional football, I can never remember a striker not saying the phrase, get it in the box early.
0: Mm.
2: <laughs> they all said it. Mm. But with Chelsea, it doesn't happen or hasn't happened. Now, hi, Gwain. Good luck, mate. You can be the best in the world, but see if you don't start moving it quite quickly into the final third and getting it in there. He'll struggle to. Mm. 100% he'll struggle to. I've watched it before with Chelsea over the years with for different reasons. Um, you know, Fernando Torres comes to Chelsea, and just before he comes to Chelsea, he, he faded a little bit at Liverpool, but wow, how good was he at Liverpool? Because he was getting on some brilliant passes from Alonso or Gerard or whatever, you know, running in behind. Then he comes to Chelsea, who do not play that way. Mm. And suddenly everyone thinks he's a dud. He's probably kind of the same ish sort of player, but playing in a team that doesn't play that system hasn't got that sort of different types of passing um, and there have been plenty of them at Chelsea and don't be surprised if Morata goes over and finds himself in Spain battering a whole bunch of goals again because he's playing with players that play that a style that suits him so poor Morata A, it was a team that didn't seem to suit him but B, even it doesn't suit you at least put yourself about a bit mm. and that was his problem You know, just easily knocked off the ball yeah. that's one massive difference between him and Higuain he went in and make himself an absolute nuisance and a menace. He's physically strong as well. And if he's not getting anything, it's okay he's going to tie up two people anyway. And the other thing is he
1: touches slightly better with the one twos we hazard. it does um, look good though for thirty seven goals in thirty seven league appearances for Sally. <laughs> not bad is it?
0: No, it's not bad. It's uh, yeah. still one all between West Ham and Liverpool, 10 minutes to go, so this would be two points very much dropped and this title race is starting to twist and turn. It's sort of a strange game, Pap, against um, Arsenal for Manchester City. Aguero with his uh, 14th hat-trick in his Man City career, he now in Premier League terms has 10 hat-tricks, as do Cristiano Ronaldo, Eric Cantona, Dennis Burkamp, Daniel Sturridge, Jurgen Klinsmann. Viali, Louis Saha, Dirk Kaut, Robert Pires and Samuel Eto'o combined. Uh, which is an extraordinary uh, stat. Only Alan Shearer has 11 hat-tricks. So he's one behind Shearer, Aguero. Um, I mean, it's quite extraordinary career that he's had. It was interesting Shearer, uh, who would, I guess, like what Aguero's about, uh, cited him as the best foreign player to ever play in the Premier League a few months ago and was kind of roundly uh, laughed yeah. at. So three goals yesterday, uh, the total distance he... Um, move the ball for the three goals about ten yards altogether. So uh, sounds easy to me.
2: Sounds, uh, it's getting in the right place. There is another argument, um, and I'm going to take Alan Shearer's side in this one. Um, Alan Shearer didn't always play with the best team in the world. You know, he didn't always play with a team that's getting millions and millions of chances. Mm. Aguero's is playing with a team that's going to create huge amounts of chances, and you know he he his tap ins there are. Easy tap but you need to get there. And he will, of course, get there and be in the right sort of position. But reality comes, I think most people that are decent strikers could score a decent amount of goals for Manchester City mm. um, in that sort of situation. So, you know, he's a very, very good striker. In fact, a brilliant striker. Um, whether the stats actually help him a wee bit purely because he's playing for a long time uh, with the same team, but with a group of people who are, I mean, astonishingly good at creating chances I mean just get to right back post and
1: trap the back post and wait there mm. <laughs> you're going yeah. to get an amount of goals. Pat, have, but... you, have, you, sorry, have you seen City over the last couple of weeks Pat because the one thing that's been nuts I was at Newcastle last week I saw them at Huddersfield the, the previous Premier League game just the, the speed of movement speed of moving the ball that's something that we we spoke about from City being so good at it and the last couple of games I, I didn't necessarily I only saw the highlights from yesterday but just the the speed of of the ball being moved around the pitch, it's not necessarily been there. I don't know if it's something that you would have seen in the last couple of games, Pat.
2: <laughs> I remember watching, feeling exactly the same thing when they were down at Chelsea. Um, the first half, the speed of the the passing was phenomenal. They should have been four up, and then they just tired. They just look as if they were they weakened a little bit. Um, and there have been a few games like, and I agree. I watched the Newcastle game as well, and I thought second half they just kind of got a bit in themselves, a wee bit, and, you know, they they were losing the battle. You know, what they weren't moving anywhere near as close. Against Arsenal, they did. They were back to themselves again. And I have just a suspicion that it's probably two guys more than anyone else, you know. It's, it's De Bruyne is back 100% and Silva is back 100%. And when you get them two back at the, the way that they can play and the movement they've got and the vision that they've got, it looks as if you've got three extra men on the field. Yeah. And I think as much as anything else, them two, you know, and it was mentioned that, go, you know, Aguero's there as well. Yeah, you've got that kind of magic, you know, trilly, um, trinity there. Um, but in actual fact, you know, I think it's them two as much as anything mm-hmm. else. And they look fabulous when them two were on the ball. Yeah. Uh, and what did you make of Arsenal? <clears throat> Difficult to tell, you know, because... Uh, you, you know, they battled back from what was that, that stinker of a start. You know, mm. a good deal of fight about them. They just weren't as good as Manchester City, who are a better team. So, you know, they, they gave it a good fight, a good battle for a good period of time. But then when the second half came, they were just overrun. It was a game of keep ball, and they were chasing mm. the whole time. Mm. I don't know if there was a start start going around that their, the last shot they had in the game was in the 39th minute. They didn't have any more after that. And when you watch the game and the way they played, it doesn't surprise you. I don't think they stunk. Yeah, I just think they came out against a right good team. Was yeah. that
1: right? I heard they didn't have a shot at goal in the second <laughs> half. I think that's right. I think it's the first yeah. time in I'd come with in years. First time in in a second half of a game also I haven't had a shot at goal in in a, in a total half. Incredible, really. Mm. Given the quality, but of the it wasn't because it didn't
2: want to, it. wasn't because it didn't want to shoot. It just went up that half of the park with a ball, you know. So. Yeah, I would. It's one of those ones where now and again you can play against a team and you just think, actually, I don't know if we were any good. We yeah, never yeah. got a kick, <laughs> and it was uh, so I was impressed with City. I thought they looked really good, and it's, <clears throat> it's put a lot of pressure on Liverpool. I think they've mm. looked at them and thought, right, City might not actually, yeah. you know, drop many points. I mean, I'm I'm going down with uh, take my son down to the game uh, against Manchester City, um, just you know, just to watch the game. Yeah, and I've been telling them right from the start. You do realise
1: Chelsea are going to get beaten this week. <laughs> as
2: long as you've got this right,
0: oh, are they?
1: don't they do, do, overexcited. Mark Lawrence has predicted that City will go unbeaten to the end of the season. He was with Nathan on commentary, wasn't that right? he? Yesterday. Well, the, so the
0: Everton tomorrow. Uh, you feel it's um, well comfortable might be too strong a word, but you feel it's fairly certain that City will win. Chelsea uh, suit them nicely, do they?
2: Um, I think they're a, the dream team for uh, City to okay. play against.
0: Right,
2: Chelsea in many ways because you know you're going to play Manchester City at their own game. Man City are better at it. Mm. So, you know, it's not, it's not absolutely beyond the bounds of sure. possibility. Um, but, I mean, I've, I would be surprised. What well, I might, I would almost suspect, is a high-scoring game. We're probably both sides scoring Because mm. um, that's just the way Sari is. He will open it out against Manchester City. And, you know, it will be an interesting game that, that way. But it will be mayhem. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm sort of open enough to enjoy the skills of any player that's out there, and there should be a lot of good players playing out there as well, who will be given a bit of space because it'll be quite an open game. So, no, I mean, but I'm, having said that, Matt Lawrence and I think the call City won't get beat till now in the end of the season. I don't know how big a call that is. A bigger call would be the win every game between now and the end of the season. Yeah. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but I will not be even slightly surprised if that does happen. I really won't be. They're, as long as you can keep everybody fit that they've got just now, in um, particular the two we were talking about earlier.
0: Have you noticed, by the way, any pattern or reason or rationale as to why Aguero or Jesus plays against given opposition? Or is it just, it could be any multitude of reasons, including how they're going in training and stuff we can't see? <laughs> or is there anything in terms of the opposition they're playing that we can see some kind of pattern?
2: Well, I suspect that um, Pep Guardiola is into a a darkened room and gets out a coin Yeah, just <laughs> flicks a coin Right. Um, some of the times because watching uh, Leroy Sané recently you think whoa he's mm. unbelievable and then he doesn't play the weekend and you think what he's absolutely astonishing unstoppable form mm. and he struggled he, he struggled
1: last week Pat against Newcastle he, oh, was, he, was, he was as was poor that the as one? I, yeah he was as poor as I've seen him against Newcastle last week
2: well maybe that's it and maybe that's just pretty old school you keep on playing, you keep on playing, you've got your place until you have one bad game or one quiet game and then you're out. And I suppose if you've got, you know, Riyad Mahrez sitting there, you've got, you know, all Aldo Sterling sitting there, you've got all these people all sitting there waiting to go and get a game in front of you, the two mm. silvers. Then, um, you, you can't afford to have a bad year.
0: No, it seems quite fair, that, doesn't it? It, <laughs> it does. I just I I, I, I watch little Aguero with his small little squat legs having to chase down the goalkeeper, and ah. I just think, don't make him do that. Come <laughs> on. That's not fair. You he's know, not, he's I, not he's I, not, not built for that kind of running. do
2: You know that was. Bro, I'm really happy you mentioned that. That happened about 15 minutes before the end, didn't it?
0: Yeah, and then the keeper I put one out, out over the end he line, and Agüero gave it. a little fist pump as if to say,
2: "Ha! I show you. I told you I can do that. Told you, Pep." It was rubbish.
0: It was so slow. <laughs> <laughs> He's the least intimidating chaser down for any goalkeeper.
2: I know. There was one game, oh, yeah, I wish I could remember the game. Oh, it was an evening game and it was at Man City. But they had to chase. It was against Liverpool, I think. Um, you might have been against Liverpool. And he was chasing and chasing and chasing near the end of the game. Mm. And he chased once and then just stopped. <laughs> and he just stood there for about a minute and a half as if, I have not nothing left, I can't do this, I'm not, as you say, built for this, so a, a certain amount of willing, yeah, fair enough, but you're right, I don't know if that was a very good use of his energy on that occasion.
0: Yeah, no, I was screaming on him to stop, um, but anyway, so uh, look, still 1-0, looks like two points dropped for Liverpool, unless something uh, dramatic happens, we'll let what you go.
2: Are you what are you talking about? you Have you seen the last minute winners that these teams have been scoring recently? Okay, so okay. It's been unbelievable, they've been phenomenal at that sort of thing, and so United haven't been sluggish that either. So uh, I'm not writing them off yet.
0: OK, well, we will let you go and enjoy the last couple of minutes of out of time. And we'll talk to you uh, next week. Should be an interesting, I mean, this is a, the next uh, five, six days. Uh, very interesting. So we'll talk to you then.
2: All right. Take care, All right. guys. Cheers. Cheers Pat.
0: Pat and Evan there. Uh, still 1-0. Let's go back to Ian
3: Beach. Uh, how's it shaping up? Any team going for it in particular, Ian? No, I'm writing off uh, a winning goal. I have to say I'm going against Pat. we this game's gone cold. Uh, West Ham, about 10 minutes into this second half, felt like they were uh, playing for a draw and they have really taken the the, the temperature out of the game, the sting out of the game. They are completely controlling this and Liverpool just cannot commit enough players forwards. Uh, Firmino came off, Origi is on, Shakiri came on for Lallana. Uh, West Ham have brought on Andy Carroll, he's been ineffectual. As soon as Van Dyke goes up against Carroll, Van Dyke is dominating that situation. Um, Really, we've gone about 15 minutes without a shot on goal for either team. And I am pencilling in just one point for Liverpool from this match. We are going into injury time now.
0: Okay, back to you in just a few moments' time. Um, Pat mentioned Manchester United there. Nine wins from ten now, Kev, all competitions. Since he's taken over, Solskjaer has accrued uh, uh, more points than any other Premier League team. So, uh, just in the last eight games, Manchester United 22 points, Spurs 18, Man City 15, Liverpool 13. Uh, Coming up... It gets busy. Fulham away, grand. Then PSG home. Then Chelsea away in the FA Cup. Then Liverpool home. Then Crystal Palace away. Then Southampton home. Then PSG away. Then Arsenal away. Then Man City home.
1: Yeah. Oof. Not a bad run, is it? But d- the one thing... What? Yeah, but you know what? The one thing that Solskjaer... In- that
0: is the stuff of well, it is.
1: It, 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 no, I, I, Solskjaer has been... I think he's been very good in how he's how he's addressed the, the upcoming games that's not
0: yeah. what Paul Lins thinks Paul Lins thinks oh, does he, all right. Paul Lins thinks anyone could have gone in there I could have gone in there Brucey Hughesy so uh, he's doubled down on this he was on with Robbie Savage yeah. it's, it's by it's just, I
1: saw the clip on Twitter so actually. did
0: I it was Savage and Chris Sutton and um, Ince it's just inane it actually makes me not like football just the way they talk about the game just, could anyone have done what Solskjaer did discuss Ugh. <laughs> Honestly, very harsh. Five-year-olds coming up with the
1: talking points. You're man. a very harsh man. I, I'd love Paul, to, Inns, yeah, Paul Inns. I'd love to be in that editing editing room before they uh, before the they go and do the show, and you being uh, no, being I the couldn't. presenter. No, no, I couldn't.
0: Yes, <laughs> no. So Pauline was there. I reckon he could have. Anyone could have gone in there. Really done it. All he had to do was you know it's a nice run of games. you Don't have to give out to anyone. Just uh, you know just let them have fun. Now so he's doubled down. He's written a piece on it for the BBC and. You know, he said, my argument was that it was easy for whoever came in after that to right the ship and lift the players in the dressing room and the whole club back on track. Uh, When I said anyone could have come in and done the same, I did not mean to be disrespectful to Ole. What I meant was...
1: Oh, sorry, sorry, Joe.
0: What I meant was any manager, for example, myself, Mark Hughes, T. Bruce, could have recognised the issues at Old Trafford come in and change the environment in a positive way. Uh, There is far more to it than just bringing some of the fun back, but you would start by trying to allow the players to play with freedom and in their correct positions too. Ole's done all of that obviously made a big difference. And on he goes, um, Gary Neville was saying, Kev, it's too early to point Oscar." When he first got the job, I'd have said there's a 25% chance he would get the job. Now, he's at maybe 50, even 60% uh, chance of getting the mm. job. He's lifted the club on and off the pitch. It's been an incredible turnaround. I never realised how bad the player's mood uh, could have been. But to see the response since, there were uh, certain players who under Mourinho played the best I've seen them. The likes of Lindelof and uh, Lingard, but you've seen what's happened since. Um, so he's he's been very impressed. He reckons we're up to a sixty percent chance. Yeah. Oscar. Get well, we, we
1: had Andy Mitton on last week, and I, I tended to agree with what he said. There's no need for United to appoint him. Is there? What's what's the point? Everything's going along nicely. They get they've got themselves in a in a position. Or oh, Dusan Rigi, Divac Rigi looks really like he's missed scored. an absolute sitter. He really
0: should have scored. Ball over the top. He took a touch with his right foot. You'll see here. He takes it a bit early. He feels he has to with his left and gets not enough he's on it. again, though. doesn't matter. It wasn't given. Touch. Well, I he's not given. Oh, he had to take it early. Oh, he was yeah. under pressure. Yeah, he, did. he was under pressure. It was a bad decision again, It's full time. Yeah. full time. So we're going to um, we take go. a break and we'll talk to Ian Beach on the far side. You want to finish off your point quickly on Solskjaer?
1: No, I just, I, I just think um, with... I can't remember what I was saying now. What was I saying? It's got a hat. It's got a break. Okay. Great, good stuff, Kev. Football on
3: off the ball.
1: Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in play betting available in
3: the App Store and Google Play Store.
0: We're back. Let's go over to Ian Beach. So full time, In.
3: Yeah, two boys drop for Liverpool. Uh, remember, Manchester City came here one four nil earlier in the season. So um, if you look at it like that, that's definitely points dropped as far as uh, Liverpool are concerned. But I'd actually argue it's a point gain because the goal Liverpool scored shouldn't have stood. Um, It should have been disallowed for offside against James Milner. And West Ham had that chance with Declan Rice in the first half to perhaps score a second goal. And then right at the end, despite all of that, I mean, the fact that Liverpool were not the better team in this game, that's for sure. Right at the end, Divock Origi with that chance, literally on the full-time whistle... um, I have to say if that was Salah, Mane or Firmino, that would have been a goal. I don't really like to say that about any particular player, but uh, somebody with a bit more rhythm, a bit more just being used to being in that position and I think we would have seen Liverpool coming away with the three points despite not being the better team here.
0: Yeah, like it had banana skin written all over, there was always going to be a big atmosphere at West Ham, the crowd were going to be up for it, the players are on TV, they're going to be up for it, the manager. Um, knows what he's doing you know Pellegrini can be dismissed in certain quarters but he can put a team out there and Liverpool are playing under a certain kind of pressure that they haven't had to deal with for the first half of the season where they were very much chasing Man City and keeping pace with Man City you throw all that together and this was always uh, a distinct possibility so uh, squeaky bum time now is what we're firmly entering Kev
1: Yes it is City can go top of the Premier League if you beat Everton on Wednesday evening. That's, that's another thing you throw in psychologically. How will that affect... Yeah, they're, they're five goals better off than Liverpool as things stand. Yeah, exactly. So it is. Um, Thanks. You, you, you touched on the atmosphere there. It was going to be up. Many sides were going there to uh, the London Stadium and you weren't getting that real buzz. I've, I've seen West Ham beat United now this season. i saw them beat Arsenal, Atmosphere, Electric. Yeah. I, th- I mean, Ian will probably tell us what it was like there tonight, but I think they're starting to feel like it's it's home now, West Ham, and I think we might see a different West Ham now going forward. And I'm not too sure who West Ham have got before the end of the season now, if they've got any of the big sides. But they could have a say.
0: Yeah, no, sure. I mean, I, I, I would still have my doubts about just how um,
1: Man City. Man City have got to go there, actually.
0: I would still have my doubts about just how fantastic. Sorry, an Man City.
1: Oh, um, no, Man you United. interrupt me Man, a third time. I'm no, going to end you. Yeah, go on, go on. I'm just looking at the <laughs> I would there. still
0: have my doubts about West Ham at three o'clock on a Saturday against a mid-table team. No, I
1: would be. I'd be the same as you. But I'd be the same as you. For nights like this, yes. Yeah, third nights this, this season. They're, they're all away from home. They still got to play United. They have still got to play um, Man City, and they still got to play Chelsea and Tottenham actually. But no, I'm with you. They're all they're all away from home. Away from home. Do you really fancy West Ham? No. This the, tonight, it's about Liverpool going there mm. and dominating the game, and they simply haven't done that.
0: Like, would you have? Would you have said Liverpool were tense on the ball? In were they were they playing like a team with the weight of the world on their shoulders, or is it just one of those things?
3: I think they were sloppy. Yeah. Um, certainly, Cater and Fabinho didn't set the world alight in the midfield. Not, neither did Lallana, even though he flicked the ball through to allow Milner to create that chance to, that led to the goal in the first half. Um, I think as the game wore on, I think they started to feel obliged to go for a winner. In any ordinary season, an away draw, a point away at West Ham is probably good enough for a team that's challenging for the title. But the standards are so high, they feel like they come to a game like this and they have to try and find a winning goal. That's why it feels like a disappointment at the moment. Mm. Um, But I, I wouldn't say it was a particularly nervy situation, except for the fact that as the game wore on, I think some of the players felt obliged to push that little bit further up the field. And they weren't secure enough in possession today. Partly because West Ham were knocking them off balance. Must give them credit. They had players in the centre of midfield there who were really hard to make sure that happened. Um, but it was just one of those things. And as I say, 10 minutes into the second half, I felt like West Ham just solidified and they were not going to allow Liverpool to score. They didn't look like they were going to make the mistakes that were going to lead to the space that Liverpool could really exploit.
0: Okay. Ian, super stuff this evening. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thanks, Ian. Cheers. Ian Beach there. So, two points dropped. City, yeah, Everton, is. City, Everton tomorrow. Liverpool have uh, Bournemouth at home on Saturday at three o'clock. Chelsea have Man City.
1: Yeah, I saw Bournemouth at Cardiff yesterday. They were dreadful. Mm. Dr- away from home, I think they've lost seven on the bounce, six on the bounce now. The, the dreadful. OK, well, ap- it's at Anfield. Liverpool, Liverpool win that, okay. I think, yeah. Okay. Definitely. Twists and turns are plenty, yes. Yeah, it is. I mean, but it is good. It's what we wanted, isn't it? Let's be honest. Tottenham, are, you, are we putting Tottenham out of it? You know, we've... The five points behind now. It's if you get Kane and Ali back in now alongside Son yeah. in the next few weeks. Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd, I'd love to see Tottenham have a good crack at it. I really would love. Let, let's you know win four or five in the bounce and really put them those two at the top up against it till till the end of the season. That's, it's Tottenham. Ah, you're, 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 that was 1990, Joe. It's not. We're not in the not in the what the modern day now. It was about 2004. Well, 15 years ago. Well, that's close enough. Is it, yeah? Different Tottenham now. Different
0: mentality. Oh, I know. Uh, we'll see. I, you wouldn't write anyone off, obviously. It's, yeah. Um, it's all amazingly exciting.
1: You're, you're in that Man United bubble, Joss. so you are from, from uh, you yeah. all from the 90s and early 2000s. Uh, big news tomorrow.
0: Kenny Cunningham in studio.
1: Yeah, see, I can see the, the, the light in your face. It's kind of like you want to just ship me out and get Kenny in Got as a quickly pro as in possible. Tomorrow. Yeah. Yep, there you go. Um, so what are you up to? Tomorrow night, um, well, you had a choice of me. I could have been in tomorrow or I Thursday. Thursday. Well, well.
0: I'll bump Kenny to Thursday get sorted <laughs> no no you've got Kenny I'm okay. in Thursday Kenny in tomorrow Kevin Thursday Kenny in Wednesday I think as well so uh, busy show tomorrow Tom Dunn by the way is on the way next and uh, OTB AM 745 tomorrow as usual
1: Football on
0: Off the Ball
1: brought to you by the Boyle Sports app cash out and in play betting available in the App Store and Google
3: Play Store